Awesome. Yeah. Again, happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, good afternoon. It's, it's great to be with you. Um, I'm sure I'm excited to be, to be worshipping with you, um, NEC Youth, and also just maybe more excited to just be preaching um, from God's word. Um, and so I am wary of time. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the title of the, the message for this afternoon, and then we're going to get right into it. And um, like I said to Adrian, what I want to speak to you about today um, is maybe something that will be challenging, maybe something that is um, maybe something you haven't heard before, uh, hopefully something that will encourage you and push you to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. Um, and so the title of my, my message is Drive Through or Eating. Drive Through or Eating. So yeah, let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for another Sabbath day. Thank you that it doesn't matter which part of the country we are, which part of the world we are. When we come together, we can worship as believers because we worship you in spirit and in truth. So we just ask that this afternoon, uh, we really want to encounter you, Jesus. And we know that these words that are written in the Bible are from you know, nearly 2,000 years ago. But we're asking that you would give us something fresh, something relevant, something applicable to our lives today. So be with us for these uh, next few moments that we spend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Drive through or eat in. Now, we live in a fast-paced world, and you know, we've got now faster internet, faster cars, faster communication, faster transport than we've ever had before. You know, things like instant popcorn, you know, five-minute chicken tikka curries, you know, Snapchat, fast food. The, the world is, is quicker now than it's ever been before. And as a result, and maybe you can relate to this, whether we like it or not, our brains have kind of been wired in that way. You know, we demand things, things quickly, and, and if we don't get them quickly, then we're upset. You know, I, I, I've got Wi-Fi in my house, and when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I promise you, if it takes longer than five seconds to load, I promise you, I'm turning off my Wi-Fi, and I'm using my 4G instead because I just haven't got time to wait. And, you know, if, if you go down to, to London and, and, you know, you, you, you wait at a traffic light and it just turns green. I mean, literally seconds, it turns green. Someone's going to press the horn behind you and, and probably say some unchristian things with some unchristian gestures because well, we just want things quickly. We demand it quickly. And, and I guess as technologies increase transport and all these things, Something that's become really, really popular is fast food. And I know you're all, you know, really great Adventist health message, you know, believers in the NEC. So I know you don't know what fast food is and you've never been. But, but fast food has become more and more popular. And I guess there's no prizes for guessing where the first restaurant was opened. It was in America. It was called White Castle. And it was just this instant hit. I mean, instant. This is the 1950s. And... I mean, now fast forward like 70 years, every single country, every single city, even the remotest of place, there's a McDonald's or a Subway or a, or a KF, I can't even dare to say C, whatever, it's there because people demand things quickly. And one of the things that, that makes fast food so popular, so you know, incredible that everyone wants to go to it is this use of a drive-through. 
And I'm sure you've all been in this situation before when, you know, you're driving down, you're going to, you know, a fast food restaurant and, and you're basically faced with this question, this daunting question as you're, as you're driving there in your car, drive through or eat in? Drive through or eat in? No, I, I guess it's just the fact that you can, I don't know, stay in the comfort of your own car and just order food, eat comfortably. You don't even have to, to talk to anyone. You don't even have to see another person. I guess that really appealed to people. The fact that you can just drive through and do it that way. And, and regardless, I, I, know I'm, I know I'm talking about food and you're probably hungry, but, but regardless, listen, fast food or not, drive through, eat in or not, this is the point. Meals are an important part of our life. Meals are an important part of our life. I think there's some stat, it says we, we eat around 90,000 meals in our lifetime. That's a lot, 90,000 meals. And maybe some people eat even more than that. I don't know, but 90,000 meals. And so these meals that, that we eat and, and they take up a big chunk of our life. And, and Jesus, when he was here on earth, his time here on earth, he would often use these meals, these, these, these meals as an opportunity to engage with people, as an opportunity to, to teach them really important lesson. And there's, there's this one gospel writer that, that focus in, focuses on this idea that Jesus eats with people, and his name is Luke. And so today, as we you know, study and as we open the Bible, we're going to look at a few of these examples in Luke. You know, I think there's somewhere, something like 10 instances where Jesus eats with people. He ministers to people through meals. And you may be sitting there on your sofa on the Sabbath morning and thinking, why is this, this guy talking to me about food and meals? You know, what's so significant about the fact that Jesus eats? Obviously, he eats. But you see... No, just as it is now, but, but so much more then, 2,000 years ago, you know, meals were such an intimate exchange. If you were going to eat with someone, this meant that you valued them highly, like, like you trust them. Sharing a meal then is a, was a big deal. And, and the meals, especially in those days, they, they were distinctive of, you know, who is in your circle and who isn't. It was just social status. You know, we hear all these stories about you know, the Jews and the Gentiles. They couldn't sit together. And, and to be honest, it's, it's kind of similar even in our times. Very often spent they're the people that you I said, I just want to look at a share. As if the Wi Fi is, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to just turn with me verses 20. Luke chapter through of E. Seven. And after these went out and by all Matthew at the tax office. Day of work, but he does 
and, and, and sitting there in his booth, the, 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 the went up to him and said, follow me. Just two words, follow me. And verse 28 lets us know that Matthew got up, left everything and followed Jesus. But you see, the story doesn't end there. And oftentimes when we, we hear this story, we think the story just ended there. You know, Jesus comes up, says, follow me. And, and Matthew just gets up and follows Jesus. But, but notice what happens in verse 29. It says, then Matthew gave him, which is Jesus, a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. Jesus has called Matthew to follow him. And Matthew, he, he gets up and follows him. And the first thing that Matthew does in response to this invitation to follow Jesus is invite him for a meal. And this meal that Matthew is having, he's not having the meal with the, the kind of friends that your parents would like you to have, the kind of friends that, you know, your, your pastor and your church elder would like you to have. You know, he's having a meal with tax collectors. And I, and I love the way the Bible says it. It's, it's tax collectors and others. As in, like, you can't even, you can't even say the kind of people that were there. Luke almost leaves up to your imagination to just think, Oh, who, who could these others be that would be friends or be eating tax collectors? And, and, and notice what happens in verse 30, that the scribes and the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of that time, they clocked what was happening. You know, they, 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 because they just got it immediately. They knew that eating and drinking meant associating with those people. And so, so they asked the question of, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners, Jesus, why do you do that? And Jesus responds, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Translation, you know, you know what Jesus is saying? This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. You know, the, 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 the Pharisees and the scribes are saying, how dare you associate this with, with these people and eat and drink with them? And Jesus says, well, where do you expect me to be? I'm right here, slap bang in the middle of where I am supposed to be. Guys, it's not in the high circles. It's not with the, you know, the presidents and the big offices. And, and it's not just there that Jesus is found. But it's here, among the sinners, among the others. In society, Jesus says, I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. And I want to share this quote with you. It's taken from um, Tim Chester's book, Meals with Jesus. It's a really great book. And, and he says this quote, Meals expressed who were the insiders and who were the outsiders. But Jesus turns all of this upside down, or perhaps I should say inside out. Outsiders become insiders around the table with Jesus. What are you saying, man? Outsiders become insiders around the table with Jesus. This is the message of the gospel. This is, this is what it's about. This inclusivity, this, it's not exclusive, it's 
It's, you know, it's inclusive and it's for everyone. This, this global worldwide mission that we have as a church, that we have as Adventists, that we've been preaching and, and teaching about for the last, you know, 100 years or so, it's this, that an outsider can become an insider at the table with Jesus. Guys, don't miss this point that, that Jesus' method, it's so amazing. Listen, don't get me wrong. Jesus preached, yes. Yes, he teached. Yes, he performed miracles. Yes, he did all of those things. But he also took the time to eat with those around him. And don't miss that. He took time to, to really sit down with across the table. Imagine how intimate that is and eat with them. He went to the house and talked with them. This, this is Jesus' ministry. It's not just mountain to mountain and village to village. It's table to table and plate to plate and meal to meal. This is what Jesus is about. And as you can imagine, as, as Jesus is doing this thing, he's, he's going and he's, he's breaking these social boundaries. He's, he's completely throwing them up in the air. It's damaging people's reputation. You know, it was probably even too embarrassing to look and see a, a, a self, you know, a, a supposedly a prophet, a rabbi, and he's eating with these people. You know, let, let, let's jump. Let's jump to Luke chapter 15. This theme of Jesus eating with people. Luke chapter 15, just you know, the same book, a few pages on perhaps in your Bible. Luke chapter 15. Let, let's see what happens here. You know, this is, of course, Luke chapter 15, the, the famous chapter where, you know, Jesus gives the three parables of the, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. But do you know what the context is for those parables? Do you know the reason why Jesus gives us those parables? Well, it's this. Verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. Then all of the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Tax collectors, they're just being drawn to Jesus because of just the way he is. They're being drawn to him to, to hear a word from Jesus. And, and notice what happens. Verse 2, the Pharisees and the scribes, again, the religious leaders, complain, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Do, do, do you notice what they accuse Jesus of doing? Are they accusing Jesus right now of, you know, preaching heresy and, you know, healing? Of, no, no, no. Their accusation of Jesus. You receive, you eat with sinners. And elsewhere in Luke, you know, Luke chapter 7, verse 34 as well. I'll read briefly. It says, you know, the son of man has come eating and drinking. This is Jesus saying, and, and you say, look. A glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Guys, this is the accusation that the religious leaders are throwing at Jesus. You're being friends with those sinners. You're eating with them. And I don't know about you this morning, but as I read through these, these passages in the, in the Bible, these verses, I'm so glad. And my heart is so encouraged because all of these accusations that they're throwing at Jesus, Jesus doesn't deny it. Do you know why? Because it's true. He does receive sinners. He does eat with them. He is the friend of a sinner. Just, just think about that for a second. You know, 
Just, just actually imagine that. Jesus calls you his friend. You're the friend of God. And, and we probably don't have time to, to read now, but, but John chapter 15, verse 15, you know, Jesus says, no longer do I call you my servants, but what, what can I call you? Oh, I've got it. I'm going to call you my friends. Friends, Jesus has come eating and drinking to seek and save the lost. And, and there's something about these meals that, that just would have been so, just would have been so transforming. Maybe it's the, the, the humility. Maybe it's the respect. Maybe it's the, the communion that, that would have just warmed people to Jesus. And, and as we're reading, you know, I, I think it would be wrong to miss perhaps the most famous story of all. This idea, drive through or eat in. The most famous story of all is, is that of Zacchaeus. And it's, and it's found in Luke chapter 19. So again, if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 19. And we'll, and we'll read, um, and we'll go through really from verses 1 to 10. Luke 19 verses 1 to 10. And, and it reads here, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. As in, it's, it's, it's interesting how Luke is writing this narrative. He starts off by, you know, talking about some of the, the tax collectors and the sinners, and he's building up and building up till we get to, to chapter 19, and here we have the chief tax collector. Translation, this is as bad as it gets. Honestly, this is as bad as a person could get in those days. And, 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 and the Bible says he was rich, he was wealthy. And verse 3 says, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, because he was of short stature. Zacchaeus was short. And I don't mean short like in today's society where, you know, if you're five foot nine or five foot ten, you're short because, amen, five foot nine and five foot ten is not short. But, but Zacchaeus is short, short, as in like he can't even see people because of the crowd, as in he's a short, short man. And so Zacchaeus, of course, he's clever. And so, so what he decides to do in verse four is he says, I've got an idea. I'm going to run ahead. I, I see the path that they're coming along. I'm going to run ahead. And so Zacchaeus runs ahead. He climbs up into this, this sycamore tree, waiting to see Jesus pass on by. And you know, you can just imagine there would have been a hustle and a bustle. The crowd of people flocking in their hundreds to come and see this man, this savior, Jesus. And in the midst of this hustle and bustle, in the midst of all of this chaos. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down for today. I must stay at your house. Jesus, here in this story, I'm so encouraged by the... the, 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 the just the, the, the way in which Jesus does what he does in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of everything that's going on. Jesus comes to the place where Zacchaeus is. He, he, he comes to exactly where he is. He, he doesn't just speak to him, but he comes to where he is. He looks up and he sees him. 
but he doesn't just come to where he is and look up and see him. He doesn't just notice him or acknowledge him, but Jesus actually calls out in the midst of the crowd and the, the bellowing and the hustling. He calls out, Zacchaeus, I need to stay at your house. Zacchaeus, I need to have a meal with you. We need to sit down and talk and eat. That's the God we serve. It's, it's not a distant God, not, not a God that, you know, wants nothing from us, just except, you know, he just wants silent obedience and, and praise. No, this is a God who wants to sit at the table, talk and eat with you. Do you feel like Zacchaeus at times? I don't know about you, but I, I, I certainly have, you know, these last few days, weeks, months, year has been crazy. It's felt like, you know, we're in the middle of this hustling, bustling crowd, but we can't be seen. No one sees us. You just carry on doing things the way you've been doing because no one sees. No one cares. I'm, I'm an outsider. But the good news that I want to tell you this afternoon, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus not only sees you, but he wants to come and eat with you. Amen. He, he wants to sit and dine with you. He wants to. And so I want to encourage you this afternoon. Take time and commune with Jesus. You know, in the midst of all the chaos, just, just sit down and eat with him. Intentional time with Jesus. It's so easy to just get carried away. Like I said, fast-paced world. We demand things quickly. And so the question that gets asked again for those who are listening, what kind of a person are you? Are you drive-through or eat-in? And, and, and this is going to sound, you know, maybe painful, but, you know, sometimes the fast pace, the busyness of life, you know, that can creep into your, your Christianity, your Christian experience, where without even realizing or acknowledging it, you're just driving through church. You're just driving through God. You know, you're just taking the bits and the pieces that kind of fit around your schedule. But Jesus is calling us to eat in, to eat and, and to dine with him. Guys, I know I've talked a lot about meals and food, but, but seriously, don't underestimate the power of a meal. Don't. Don't underestimate the power of a meal. You know, we as, as Adventists, you know, so sometimes we, we just look at this early church, you know, the early church. Oh, oh, to be like the early church. You know, we look at them with such admiration and awe and just, you know, wow, you know, those were the good old days, you know, to be like the early church. But their method was simple. They, they, they prayed for the Holy Spirit and they put their faith into action. In that they took their communion with God and their community around them seriously. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 46 to 47. This will be one of the last verses that we read. Acts chapter 2, 46 to 47. And again, this is the same author, Luke, 
writing, this theme, this idea, Jesus eats. And, and Acts chapter 2, verse 46 to 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and what? Breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And you know what the response to that is? You know what the consequence of that is? The verse finishes by saying, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Whether you, whether you like it or whether we like it or not, meals are powerful. And, and this early church, a group of uneducated people, you know, people of different diverse backgrounds and, you know, different, you know, faith experiences. These people, whether you, me, or anyone likes it or not, these people change the history of the world forever. And I'm not talking about Christian, you know, history. No, the history of the world. These people, these, these believers changed the history of the world. And so I'm going to say something crazy, and, I'm, I, and I hope it is crazy, but, but I so believe it to be true. With everything in me, I so believe this to be true, that you too, me, we can all change the world one meal at a time. One, one encounter, one conversation, one relationship, one meal at a time. We can change the world. Again, this might sound controversial, but you know, perhaps these times of mass evangelism, you know, tent meeting, these, you know, the large campaigns, the camp meetings, you know, the, the big appeals, maybe those things are behind us for good. Is it, who knows? No, no one. Knows whether we can do these things on such a large scale because of COVID and just everything else that's going on in the world. Who knows? You know, even as time is beginning to, to wrap up and you know the, 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 the signs of the times are coming and, and all of these things, who knows what further restrictions will be in place? Who, who knows? Who knows whether we can do things the way we've always been doing? Who knows? But you know what will never be restricted. You know what will never be taken away, what will never vanish away, what will always be an option? Sitting down at the table and having a meal with a friend. And so in closing, I want to challenge you this week to take time with the connections and the relationships you have with the people around you. Really take time, invest into them the same way Jesus did. Jesus' ministry, it wasn't just a big stage. It wasn't just a big preaching events. And, but on the small scale, those one-on-one -on -one conversations that we have at work or we have at union, we just you know, pass on by and we just think, oh, you know, they're just, they're just stops. They're, they're nothing. But no, those conversations, those meals that we have with people, Take time with them. Don't rush through those relationships, but use those relationships. And hear me now, use those relationships, those meals as an avenue to share, to emanate the love, the grace, and the inclusivity of 
this gospel message. That you, as an outsider, can be an insider at the table of Jesus. And, and, and that's my challenge to you, but perhaps even more importantly than that, with having a meal with others around you, I want to challenge and, and invite you today to sit down at the table with Jesus. To allow him to, to enter your life, to, to not rush or, or to drive through, or, but to spend time with Jesus. Spend time with And you know what the result of spending time with Jesus is? With having a meal with Jesus is? Luke chapter 17, you know, Luke chapter 19, this encounter that we had with Zacchaeus. You know how the story ends? Jesus stands up and says, salvation has come to this house. We can experience salvation through a meal with Jesus. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and it's a verse we've read, we know, we've heard so many times, but perhaps this, this time as I read you, you hear it in a different light. The words of Jesus speaking to you, me, all of us across the NEC and wherever you're watching. Jesus says these words, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice, I wonder if there's anyone who hears that voice today. If anyone hears my voice and they open the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus, all along, throughout scripture, he wants to have a meal. He wants to to sit because he's so interested, so invested in you. Guys, we need to take this gospel. As young people, we need to take this gospel into the world, the entire world. But let's do it one meal at a time. Have that meal with Jesus. Extend that meal to others around you. And guys, before you know it, before you even realize it, you know, without even just, it just happens. You know, have that meal with Jesus, have it around. And, and before you know it, you'll be sharing the big banquet meal in heaven together. Amen. Amen. Right. Oh, sorry, I muted myself there by accident. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephen. Um, just as you've closed your message, I'll just ask you to say a quick prayer and then I'll let you go. Of course, of course. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that throughout scripture, you're a God that's so keen, so interested in us, so just excited about the fact that you want to make us an insider. Lord, you actually want to sit at the table and eat with us. And so we're praying in a special way for those who, who maybe need to take a break from the business of life and, and spend time with you. We ask that you would open the door for them, that they'd be able to sit at the table with you. And Lord, also we're praying that this week as we go out into our normal daily routines of life, that we will look at these meals we have, co-workers, with friends, with, with others around them, as opportunities 
to share the gospel. So be with us and bless us. And thank you for your words. In Jesus' name we pray.